Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Hey, everyone. We want to welcome you uh, to our online service today. Uh, Sorry for the inconvenience of not meeting together as a larger group. But I pray that you are meeting together right now as family and as friends. And that uh, as we share this message to you, you will be blessed and you will be encouraged. It's something different for all of us. And so we are, uh, we're just trying to get used to this right now. And I've invited a, a few of our leaders just to sit in the audience so I have someone to share to as well. Just a handful. But as we posted our, uh, one of the things I wanted to share with you today that uh, we posted our entire worship night from this uh, last Wednesday night for you to be able to watch as a family. It was a powerful night on Wednesday. And we just encourage you to uh, go to our website, southcoastchristian.com. Uh, you can watch it right there uh, on the computer or maybe put it in your surround sound and you can worship with us. But it's about an hour long and it was a powerful worship night that we have broadcasted for you so that you can enjoy that as well. Also, Pastor Melissa has uh, recorded a children's message for all the kids. And so we want you guys as parents to be able to watch that with your kids as well and just have a wonderful family time uh, during this kind of crazy time with the coronavirus. I hope you had a chance to read my letter, uh, which was posted on the church website. Uh, We made a decision this week uh, to provide online services only. Uh, This decision was not based in fear, but it was based on the desire to support the governmental authority and to be sensitive to the concerns of our community. The decision is for this Sunday only, and as the week progresses, we will make a decision for next Sunday's worship experience. Please know this, and this was important as I was thinking, as I was preparing for this message. I want to share this to you. At no point will our church ever cave to the religious freedom or to the right of worship. And it's important that you know that. But this is not an attack on the church. This is a health care concern for our nation. And we want to do everything possible to react with caution and to support our community. Um, just an update on the facility because you're not here today. Uh, we've been continuing to do some remodeling, uh, some updating. And while you're gone, we're having some carpet that's actually being installed. And so when you return, you're going to enjoy being able to see what has been completed. Uh, we're taking kind of full advantage of the interruption of this coronavirus. And uh, in fact, ILA, Independent Learning Academy, that meets on our campus here, uh, they have closed school until uh, after Easter. So basically our facility now, right, is empty. So we're taking advantage and making opportunity for the remodel. Annette shared with me yesterday that she went out to eat with some of her family last night. I didn't get to start my message till late last night, and I worked on it this morning. It's been a crazy, crazy week. And she said she went out to eat last night, and she said the, the restaurant was the cleanest she's ever seen a restaurant. She said literally the salt and, paper, salt and pepper shakers were not on the table, and you had to ask for them. And when they brought the salt and pepper shakers to you, they have completely been sterilized, and they're ready for use. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe there's some benefit to this whole thing. Maybe we come out of this. You know, in Hezekiah 4.2, it says that cleanliness is next to godliness. Now, that's not a real scripture, but you might find that out when you try to look it up. But it's a good idea. Cleanliness is next to godliness. 
Anyhow, today I want to continue our uh, series about in the know. And we are looking at the book of 1 John. And let's just begin uh, today with prayer. As you're sitting in your home, as you're fellowshipping with your family, maybe with another neighbor or friend, let's just pray today that this message touch your heart. And that like every Sunday as I pray, that the word of God will impact our lives. So Lord, we thank you for today. And we pray over our community. We pray over our nation. We pray over our world. That God, you will touch that you will redeem, Lord, that this coronavirus, Lord God, uh, as it's trying to spread, God, that you will stop it in Jesus' name. And the Lord God, that there will not be fear in our hearts and in our lives, but God, we will rise up in faith, Lord. And today, as I share these words out of 1 John chapter 2, I pray these words will come alive, Lord God. They will touch our spirit and our mind. As we sit there on our couch, wherever we might be, God, that, Lord God, it will change us. It will impact us, Lord God. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we continue the series In the Know. Uh, Sometimes in life... We can be overwhelmed with decisions. I'm sure that everyone has been overwhelmed with this week's decisions with the coronavirus. It, and sometimes that experience can be over, overwhelming to us. But the big question I have to ask for you today is, do I need to purchase toilet paper or not? <laughs> I have brought toilet paper here today. In fact, we can juggle some toilet paper if you need some toilet paper. We have it at the church. So if you're running out of toilet paper, don't go to Walmart. Don't go to Costco. Just go somewhere and grab the toilet paper. I think some of us have watched too many zombie movies. I mean, everybody's out there going crazy right now. I saw a post yesterday on Instagram that said, when I run out of toilet paper, I'll find out who my real friends are. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. But in all seriousness, this past week brought a lot of decisions to the forefront of our lives. It hasn't been an easy week for any of us. But our response should uh, lead us back to the basics of what we know. The book of 1 John is filled with basic Christian doctrines by which we can apply to our lives. Today we will be looking at the second half of 1 John chapter 2. And let's begin by reading verses 15 through 17. As you're sitting there in your home, I just encourage you to bring it, open up your Bible, turn to 1 John. It's towards the end of the New Testament. And uh, it's, a, it's an epistle, it's a letter that John wrote to the church. Starting in verse 15. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. The first thought I want to share with you uh, today is this. We must know the truth. The Apostle John is making it clear that we cannot love the things of this world. We cannot love this world and the things that have it. Otherwise, we don't have the love of the Father in us. Wait a minute, Pastor Tom. What does the Apostle John mean by the world? Aren't we supposed to love the world? Isn't John 3.16 say, for God so loved the world? 
In this scripture, John is not referring to people, but he's referring to idols. He's referring to, he's referencing those things that people have in a tendency to worship. We're not called to be obsessed with the temporary things of this world. Our affection should not, our affection should be directed towards God. It reminds me of the old Madonna song, Living in the Material World. Many people choose to live in a material world instead of living in a spiritual world. They, to, they choose materialism over spiritualism. They view material as the things that are real. But we who are Christians, we actually should look and should view the spiritual things to be more real than the material things in our lives. Look again at verse 17 of 1 John chapter 2. It says, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. This world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. This world is only temporary and we should not be fixated on the temporary pleasures of this life. We need to be fixated on Jesus. Look at how John categorizes the things of this world in verse 16. He says these three things. He says it's the craving of physical pleasure, craving of everything we see, pride in our achievement or our possessions. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty wow factor right there. I mean, I think he's stepping on every one of our toes. I don't think that you can say that there's not one thing there that he maybe didn't step on one of your toes. The word craving is referring to passions. It's having a passion in the temporary things instead of... Of the eternal. Now it's hard to reconcile this because didn't God create physical pleasure? Didn't God create everything that I see in this world? Didn't God create the opportunity for me to achieve and to be successful? But this is what we must remember God created all of those things for His glory. His glory. But sin chooses to abuse those things that God has created. And, he, and sin uses it for selfish pleasure. Just look at love. God created love. He did. It's his creation. Earlier in this chapter, in chapter 1, last week we talked about that. That how light equals righteousness. But how John also talks about how light equals love. Yet we know that the world has taken love and has used it for Selfish purposes. Worldly love is not for the benefit of others. It's a selfish love that is only focused on personal pleasure or personal gain. It's used to manipulate and to exploit people for personal gain. It's not a love focused on what can I do for you. It's a love that's focused what can you do for me. It's a selfish love. How many, how many boys have said, I love you to a girl? And they have one thing on their mind. It's, it's not for, it's not for the, something that they're doing. It's for their own pleasure. That's the only reason they're saying it. And, you know, Brittany, boys are bad. <laughs> That's for Brittany, my daughter. She's in Seattle. Brittany, boys are still bad. I'm just teasing, but all of you men out there know what I'm talking about. If you have a daughter, you know naturally that there's something inside of you that God has put in there. It's a protection that you want to protect your daughter. Because we know boys. Because we are one. But you ladies, you you're aren't off the hook either. I've seen many women who have abused the word love for the selfish purpose to gain an advantage over men. 
here's the, here's the thing. None of us are exempt from the temptations of this world. In fact, it's interesting that when Jesus was tempted by the wilderness, or in the wilderness, not by the wilderness, but he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And the very things that he was tempted of are the three things that John is writing about. The craving of physical pleasure. Jesus was tempted by the devil. He had been fasting for 40 days. And he, he's, he's famished. And the devil tempts Jesus. He says, you have the power, Jesus, to, to look at these stones and turn them into bread. And Jesus replies to Satan. He says, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The second temptation was the pride of life or the pride of achievements. In this temptation, the devil tries to use scripture against Jesus. He tries to use his own word against Jesus. And the devil took Jesus up to the tall pinnacle in the holy city. And he says, if you truly are the son of God, then throw yourselves down. And he uses this scripture, which is found in Psalms 91. He says, for it is written. This is Satan talking to Jesus. God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands. The devil is basically stating this. Jesus, you are so important. You are so important to God that you know what? You can throw yourself off this temple and God will rescue. Show everybody how important you are, Jesus. And Jesus replies with this scripture to Satan. Do not put the Lord your God to a test. The last test that Jesus was tried with was a temptation concerned the lust of the eyes, the cravings of what we see. Now remember at this point, remember at this point that the devil had control over the kingdoms of this earth, over the kingdoms of this world. The devil had control of that. And he offers Jesus, Jesus, you can have control of the kingdoms of this world. In fact, if you would just bow down and worship me, I will give you control. Now, it might not seem like much of a temptation to you and to me. But if you know that your assignment was to come to this world and that you were born of the flesh, you were born in Bethlehem as a baby. Jesus is now around 30 years old. He's in the wilderness being tempted. He's just about ready to start his public ministry. He just got baptized by John the Baptist in the water. He's coming out. He's going into the wilderness for temptation. And now he knows that he's going to have to face the crucifixion. The only way that Jesus overcomes the world is by going through the crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection. And now Satan is saying, hey, guess what? You can skip all of that if you're willing to bow down and if you're willing to worship me. Jesus did not. He replied to Satan. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus was tempted in every way we have been tempted and yet without failure. Jesus accomplished his mission. We, know to, we, know, we need to know that the truth is Jesus. He has defeated the enemy in our lives. He has defeated the enemy in this world. He holds all the power in his hands. We don't have to live in fear. We can choose to live in faith. The second thought that I want to share with you today is this. We must live, not just that we know the truth, but we must live in the truth. John ends, the, uh, ends verse 17 with these words. He says, anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. John just stated that the world is fading away. 
Now he contrasts this statement with those who are willing to do the will of the Father. Guess what? You can live forever. As I was thinking about this scripture, it reminded me that the things that we do for God do not fade away. The things that we do for God are eternal. They live forever. The kindness, the love, the things that you do for God, guess what? They keep on going. They won't disappear. Those things don't burn up. But the selfish pleasure, the selfish things things that we go after, those things disappear. John then shifts to speak about the Antichrist. What is the meaning of the Antichrist? Meaning someone, it's what it means. It's someone who is against Christ. According to Scripture in the last days, there will be one person who will rise up who will oppose Christ. And he will try to follow, have a gathering. And he will say that he is the true Messiah. They will seek out total world domination and attempt to destroy all the followers of Jesus. John goes on to say that there are many antichrists because there are many people who oppose Jesus. There are many people against Jesus. But then John declares the following words to believers. This, these words are written for you and for me. Listen to these words. 1 John chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. But you are not like that, speaking of antichrists. For the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know the truth. So I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies that the the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. In this scripture, John is reminding us who we are in Christ. We are children of God. We have the very Spirit of God living in our lives. John uses this image of the Antichrist to remind us that we are opposite of that. We are Christ's followers. We have the very Spirit of God living in us. It makes all the difference in our life. It's our opportunity as a church to rise up and be the church. That's what John is saying in this scripture. He says, you have the living God inside of you. You're not in opposition to Christ. Christ lives in you. Be the church. Maybe the doors of this building this week. I, this is my worst nightmare is to come to a church that was empty. <laughs> I've dreamt this day before. It's like, oh, thank you some of you leaders that came here today with me. But I know you're watching on your couch, you're watching this video cast. And I was thinking about this as I was preparing this message. Maybe the church doors are closed to remind us that the church is not a building. Maybe we need to be reminded of that simple truth. That the church doesn't represent a building. The church represents you and me. That's the church. It's time to show the world who Christ is. Because Christ lives in us. Listen what the Apostle Paul, these words came to me as I was preparing this message of studying. Because we know that light is not just righteousness in, in 1 John, but really John refers to light as being God's love as well. And listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting in verse 1. 
says, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And then skipping down to verse 4, the apostle Paul begins to describe what love truly is. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth, the truth, the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. In your home right now, I want you to say those three words with me right now. While you're sitting there, I want you to say these words. Love never fails. Say it again. Love never fails fails. What an opportunity that we have to be light in the darkness. Remember last week we talked about how light represents the righteousness of God, but it also represents the love of God. The light is Jesus and people need to see Jesus. As many people are currently kind of living in fear, um, we can see it by the go to the grocery store and you see all the things that are empty. We need to, man, we need to approach this thing with faith and we need to approach this with love. I had three people this morning when I woke up. I woke up about 6 a.m. this morning and I had about half my message written last night and then I was working through it this morning. And, and as I was preparing my message this morning at 6 a.m., all of a sudden about 7.30 a.m. I got a text. And then 7.45 I got another text. And then at 8 a.m. I got a, another text. I got three texts from people in our church. Basically, all three texts shared the same thing. You can look at my phone. You can see the text for yourself. This is our opportunity, basically, as a church to be a light in our community. That's what they were saying. One person stated how it's our opportunity to put faith into action. As we see people in need, let's stop, step out in faith. Let's not be so worried about our 401Ks. Let's start worrying about people. Let's start caring about people. Do I hear an amen out there? <laughs> I had another person share with me that he couldn't sleep at all last night. He had basically a vision of how it's our opportunity to get over ourselves and be the church and show love and compassion. Another pe person texted me. She hadn't been shopping all week. She hasn't had a chance. She's been working. So she went to the grocery store about 8 a.m. this morning. She's walking through the grocery store and she's seeing that. All of the counters have been cleared. There's nothing in the refrigerator. Everything is empty. She's just trying to find what things she could buy. And all of a sudden, man, the, just the spirit of peace came upon her. And she just started saying thank you to the, to the workers that were at the grocery store. And she just started smiling at people because no one was smiling. And she decided, you know what? I've heard, I know what to do because she's in the know. I know what to do. I need to show God's love. I need to be a light in darkness. And she started to be the light to those people who need the love of Christ. It's our greatest opportunity as a church to be a light to those who don't have peace, who are running in fear. Let's live out the truth and love. The last thought I want to share with you today, that we must remain in the truth. It's important to know the truth. It's important to live the truth. But now, guess what? We need to remain in the truth. 
the Apostle John warns us to remain in Christ, remain in the truth. Don't let anything lead you away from the love of Jesus. Listen to what he writes, John writes, in chapter 2, verses 26 and 27. He says, I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives in you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit of God teaches you everything that you need to know. And what he teaches you is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. What is John saying to us in this scripture? He's saying, you're in the know. If you have Christ in your life, guess what? You're in the know. You have the Spirit of God living in you. Don't doubt God's Spirit who is speaking into your life. Be light in the darkness. Be love when there's hate. Man, make a difference in this world. It's not that we don't need other teaching. Otherwise, John wouldn't even be writing this letter to us. But John is saying, if you have Christ living in you, guess what? Then you know the truth. As we remain in fellowship with Jesus, it should make us more, it should make us more knowing about the truth, more knowing about his love, more knowing about his righteousness. There is nothing that should draw us away from the love of Jesus. This is our opportunity for the church to be a light in the darkness. Let's not wait for people to come to a church building to be the church. Let's be the church. Let's get creative. Let's try to figure out how do we be the church out there where people are hurting. It's time to do what we know. It's time to do what we know. We need to practice what we know. We need to practice God's love. Shine his love. Be a difference in the world around you. Can I tell, say something right now to our church? Maybe if you're just tuned in and you're not from our church, but you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ. Let's lead. Let's lead and let's set the example for others that we can love one another. You're in the know. And as I'm the pastor of South Coast Christian, this church, I want our church. And I'm so proud of each and every one of you because I don't, I got three texts this morning from members of our, my congregation. I'm going, yes. They're in the know and they're shining God's. That's just those that text me. I don't even know how many more that are being a light in the darkness. I want to say thank you for doing so. Thank you for making a difference. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, that your word does not return void. But it is powerful and it is effective. And I pray right now for those that are watching this, Lord God, on their computers or iPhone or TV, whatever way they are watching this. I pray for the spirit of peace to come upon their life. I pray for faith to arise in their heart and in their mind. I pray, God, they will know that, that your hand is upon them right now as I share this. And maybe you're there right now and you know that, man, this is shaking you to your core and you just need to surrender your life to Christ and you haven't made that decision, man, I tell you right now, this is a great time. Say, Lord, I surrender all to you. I choose you today. Make that choice. If you want to make that choice, repeat this prayer 
with me today. Lord Jesus, take my fear away. Take my sins away. I choose to follow you today. Let me be the light that you so greatly represent. Let me love others. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to close with just a couple reminders before, we, um, before you turn me off. Uh, let me just share a couple things. As a church, we have a church app, South Coast Christian. You can download that. If you want to give because we're not actually meeting here uh, physically, uh, we would love for you to be able to give and to worship the Lord through your giving, tithes, offerings. And we just encourage you to use the church app or you can go to our website, southcoastchristian.com. And you can give through our website as well. And we just want to say thank you for your continued support during this difficult time. I also want to just share with you that we're going to stay in communication with you. So this week we'll be contacting a lot of you. If we haven't contacted you, man, I encourage you to give us a call uh, at the church, 949-240-4777. And and give us a call. We want to talk to you this week. We want to pray with you. And if you have a need, man, reach out to the church. And we want to be able to meet that need that's out there. Um, if you're one of our seniors in our community, or maybe uh, you're a person that has, um, that's just not, that's not able to get out as much as a lot of people can, and, and you need help, call the church. If you need us to go shopping for you, let us know. Uh, give us a call. We'll, we'll do whatever we need to do uh, to help you this time, because this is what the church should do. And we want to be an example of the church. And then I share with some of you, maybe, Maybe you're working from home or maybe you have some extra time because of this whole virus thing right now that's going on. And, and maybe, maybe you have the opportunity to be able to serve. And so if, if you're one of those people that says, yeah, Pastor Tom, you know what? Right now I have some extra time. I can serve. Call the church. Give us your name. Give us your phone number. Give us the area that you live in. And what we can do is we can connect you to people who are in need, who maybe need something, uh, just to, to some kind of help. And so if you would call us and let us know, then we want to be effective to be the church. But man, I'll tell you what, don't wait on the church because you are the church. Don't wait on this physical building. If you see a need out there, I encourage you to take every advantage to help out. And maybe it's just... Man, bringing a roll of one of your many toilet paper rolls in your garage that you've been storing. Maybe it's just taking that toilet paper roll over to a neighbor. Don't we want everybody to have toilet paper? I think we do. So, you know what? Show love to one another. Be the church. Love God. Let God be the Lord of your life. God bless. We love you. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.